This is The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. I'm your host, Max Sussman, and today we're going to do our semi-quarterly check-in with Spiro Curry, the CEO of The Gaming Stadium. We're going to do that right now on The Game Show on Sportsnet 650. He is the CEO of the gaming stadium, the most important leader today. He's the guy I called to do the show the day after I got my COVID shot because I had a feeling I might need a hard carry. He is Spiro Curry. Spiro, thanks for joining me here again on the game show. Hey, Matt, you know, when I got my shot, I was knocked out for like 36 hours, man. So I hear you. It got me really bad. I know. I think we had to reschedule something because of that. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, we did. That I was, was in like, my. I was KO'd. Yeah, that was in my mind. I'm doing a little bit better than that. It just feels like I did about 600 curls yesterday and no other <laughs> exercise. Um, what are you playing these days? You playing anything new since we last chatted like three months ago? Yeah, I'm playing um, a couple new games. So um, I think last time we, we spoke, I was just kind of getting into Valheim and I'm still playing that. Um, but just recently uh, discovered Scavengers uh, and I'm loving the game. So I'm still playing PUBG. Uh, obviously, PUBG has come up with some updates lately. Uh, just last night, they pushed a new update to Miramar, so I'm excited to play tonight. And they've got a couple new maps dropping, so they are doing some work on the game, which is great. But Scavengers, uh, I discovered recently, and it's crazy fun. PUBG is just that game you always you keep coming back to, isn't it? So when the, you, you you find other games, and then eventually you come back to PUBG. <laughs> My long lost love. Um, I have a group of friends uh, that, that play the game and we really enjoy, like that's our, that's our get together right now. And so we play it, you know, four or five times a week, but it's our, it's our opportunity to get together for a few hours and just catch up and have fun um, and, and just enjoy, you know, playing the game. And like I said, uh, you know, the game has been uh, much better lately. A lot of updates, um, some, you know, insignificant, some significant, um, but, you know, they, they, they announced a pretty cool roadmap for the end of this year with a couple new 8x8 maps dropping, and they haven't put an 8x8 map out in forever, um, so that's really exciting. So uh, it looks like they're, they're putting some effort in. The other thing I've noticed recently is a lot of new players, so I don't know what happened or why, but um, the player base has gone up and definitely seeing a lot of new players. And the reason um, we know is when we play – you can see like when you get killed, the level of the person that killed you or if you kill mm-hmm. someone. Um, and we're seeing more and more people not at 500 and 500 is, is the max right now. And so anyone who's under 500, um, you know, especially between like zero and 300 is a relatively newer player to the game. So it's awesome to see, um, you know, those numbers increasing. Maybe a Steam sale. Have you been getting a lot of easy dubs because of extra because of new players? <laughs> it's been easier because they also added bots, right? And so, like, uh, it's so you totally know who the bots are. Like, they made the names like so obvious, and their their movement. It's better than it was, but it's still fairly obvious. Um, and you can tell when you're in a lobby. So, like, let's say you're in a lobby, and you know, seventy people have joined the lobby. If bots are joining, it goes up by one pretty much every second and a half. So we go like seventy one, 
72, 73, <laughs> 74. So you know how many bots are in the game. So uh, definitely easier, but um, you know, still challenging when you get towards the end and you're fighting players that are really good. So um, yeah, love the game and still play it, but, but Scavengers I discovered recently and have been quite addicted to. It's really fun. I've been playing uh, 2K online with a couple of my friends because it was on sale on Steam for a while. And then about three weeks after, and we'd had enough time to level up to like in the 90s overall. And about a week later, it went out for free on the Epic Games Store. And all of a sudden, we haven't lost in like a week. It's just, <laughs> it's just a bunch of people who don't know how to play the game have come. It's great. I wish what that you there need was a, Oh, it's just you just use your like my player. You do right, like but you have to pick like a uniform set, right? Like are you using no. a team's uniform set? No, you play like in the playground. So you just wear like clothes. Oh, whatever yeah. clothes. Got it. Yeah. I wear a pink wife beater and boots. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking to Spiro Curry, CEO of the Gaming Stadium here on uh, the game show on Sportsnet 650. Let's talk about even matchup gaming. What is, what's your relationship like with them right now? Did you, did you, I, so, I remember an attempt to buy them, but I don't know if I saw that purchase go through. Yeah, so so uh, a letter of intent uh, was signed um, about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, and because this show is airing, you know, late on Friday night, um, where there's a press release actually going out on Monday morning, early in the morning, um, announcing that we've closed um, we've closed the acquisition. So um, typically, as a public company, that's information we can't share until the release is out. But because you know we're talking after markets close on Friday and the release is going out before the markets open. Uh, we have completed the um, the acquisition. Boom! We breaking news here on the game show. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what caught your eye about EMG? So you know it's it's funny um, when when we were approached with the opportunity to acquire EMG, it came through um, you know a mutual uh, person who's who's uh, an advisor or, or you know basically someone who helps with with TGS and what we're doing. Uh, my first reaction was I didn't think that. It was an opportunity. As a matter of fact, if you look it up, EMG actually was previously acquired by a different organization earlier in, I think it was 2020. And then um, the company that acquired them changed course a little bit and sold it back to the original owner, uh, Joe, um, and mm-hmm. Joe's business partner, Neil Duffy. And so um, when, when it was brought to my attention, number one, I didn't know that it was available because I thought it had been sold already. But then number two, I was like, we need to get on the as you know, FGC fan. Um, and so, and I say FGC and I'm including Smash in that and Smash players are going to hate me for that, but I'm just being, you know, generally speaking here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but Gommel is, is massive. Like, like, like it's such a big event that happens every year. I've known about it for such a long time uh, that uh, it was really exciting. And then obviously the numbers, like they, they're partnered with Red Bull. They have a Nintendo license. You know, they're pulling in crazy numbers on Twitch when they stream. And so for us, it was an opportunity to acquire, you know, Canada's leading, um, you know, live event organizer, in my opinion, from a tournament perspective. Uh, but then also uh, allow us to use that platform to promote all of the other, other amazing things we have going on at TGS. So when you talk about, you know, Gommel Online last year, you know, they had 5 million minutes watched over the course of one weekend. And so think about the exposure that we could get 
for all of the other events that we're doing at TGS. But on top of that, from a revenue perspective, this is now a property that is extremely sellable that we can take to our existing partners and say, hey, we now have another outlet to get your brand out there on a much larger scale. So it was a combination of a bunch of things. But at the end of the day, um, EMG is, is a leader in Canada and actually in parts of the US as well. They wanna grow this uh, property to be international. Um, they have an amazing leader in Joe, who's one of the hardest workers I've ever met, built this thing from scratch over years, uh, a lot of self-sacrifice to get it to where it is. And it just fits so perfectly into the TGS ecosystem that it, it made sense right from the beginning. Are you going to be keeping the people on or is it going to be kind of just more folded into TGS? So Joe, Joe is the, is the, is the person. So Joe basically runs the whole thing. He's the man on payroll. Um, you know, he, he does some subcontracting. Uh, we're going to allow Joe to run the business just as he was running it before. That's what made it so successful. So Joe mm -hmm. is, is now going to be an employee of TGS and, um, he's the, he is the director of gaming at TGS and his focus will be, um, on continuing to operate even matchup gaming, uh, but expanding it beyond like, so currently they have, they have GOMO, which happens typically in May in Toronto. Uh, this year of course will be online, but going you know forward and then they do let's make moves or let's make big moves which is january in new york so we want to take those properties and expand them um, into more markets and internationally and so joe is going to lead that division of the business and then he's got you know different contractors that he works with on the tournament organization side or, or the broadcasting side the beauty of the transaction for someone like joe is Joe now has the execute on a much bigger vision. So as you as you know, and a lot of people out there know, TGS has grown. We have 31 employees now. And so we've got a team of event staff. We've got a full production team. We've got a marketing team. We've got an accounting team, a legal team. And so for Joe, he now has a resource of a big company to be able to leverage. So when he wants to put these tournaments on, he knows, okay, I need two or three TOs. I can go to the, you know, to, to, to my, my colleagues at TGS and get some help. Oh, mm -hmm. instead of having one stream or two streams, I want to have four streams. Cool. TGS has four full-time producers. Let me wrangle a couple of them and have them, you know, run streams for me. For him is a huge benefit and huge value add. And then for us, um, you know, Joe comes on as an employee and we're happy to have him join the team. Um, and then we, we continue to let him operate the business as he was doing it before. Is it is it going to stay branded EMG or will it be it'll be like a like a brand or division of TGS or will you just fold that under your own brand umbrella kind of? It'll stay as EMG. Yeah. Like we even Matchup Gaming is is a great name and there's a lot of um, value built in that brand and so we want to we want to keep it the same. It's also consistent with what we've built so far. So like TGS is the parent company. The mm -hmm. gaming stadium, you know, runs the events. Um, Pepper is the software. Volcanic is the Scholastic Division. EMG is now like, you know, the live event gaming business, so to speak. And so, um, you know, we, we've kind of built these nice subdivisions. And the reason keeping them separate is important is we deal with – with, with some partners that only want to deal with one aspect, right? Like, oh, I only need the software. So, okay, I'm, we're going to work with Pepper and the Pepper team. And so it just provides a little bit um, of clarity. 
And also just from a business perspective, when it comes to the accounting side, it's nice to keep them separate because each company has its own payroll, each company has its own staff. So um, it just provides that like, you know, visibility from a clear perspective. Um, you know, when we do things like release our financial statements, for example, uh, obviously we're giving a big picture into the parent company, but also it allows people to dive a bit deeper into which business units are doing what. We're talking with Spiro Curry, CEO of the Gaming Stadium here on the Game Show on Sportsnet 650. And I think this signals to a lot of people a pretty big investment in the Canadian fighting game community by you guys. And not the first time you've done it, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say an even bigger commitment than, than, than say, the Pinnacle. Why, why this investment into the fighting game community specifically? And I don't even know if you're seeing it that way, but I see it at least partially that way. Yeah, I think for us, um, we, we, we kind of see it that way. I mean, I mean, more holistically, we see just the numbers, right? We see what mm-hmm. they're doing. We see the revenue that they've done. We've seen what Joe's been able to accomplish on his own and how much further we can take it. But the other thing is, you know, we've made a couple investments into other FGC, um, you know, organizers, Vancouver Street Battle, of course, and Mountainside Games more recently, who, who also focus on Smash, but bit, a bit more on like the community side, not the big live event side. So for us, it's, 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 it's a couple of things. It's obviously, you know, holistically, you know, what they're doing from a numbers perspective. We as a company have focused on AAA titles, right? We focus a lot on Rocket League, on Counter-Strike, on Valorant, on Call of Duty, on Fortnite, you know, mostly PC driven um, with mm-hmm. some console mixed in. We don't have a very robust FGC component to our organization. And so when we bring on someone like EMG, if we now have a client that's like, hey, um, you know, I want to spend a bunch of money with you, but I want it to be Smash Brothers. Awesome. I want it to be Tekken. Awesome. We now have the ability in-house to fulfill those partnerships, um, you know, with, 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 with a staff member, um, you know, within our, our, our four walls here. So that was the other thing is, is we do have a lot of clients that do like, like Red Bull is a great example. Like we work with Red Bull all the time and Red Bull is a massive FGC supporter. They do stuff with Street Fighter all the time and Capcom. They do stuff with, with, with EMG around Smash Brothers titles. And so, you know, for a company like that, they can now go to one place and they can say, okay, these guys can do a Valorant tournament for us. They can do a Street Fighter tournament for us. They can do a CSGO tournament. They can do a Smash Brothers. So it adds to our repertoire. It was one area super strong before. And so it gives us the flexibility now to jump into that space as well. Now, I remember in the past you saying that the the plan was to not do fighting game stuff and let kind of Kenny and VSP handle that. Has that deal changed? It hasn't changed um, with with the pandemic. Um, you know, Vancouver Street Battle hasn't operated, right? Mm-hmm. And so, while while Joe has been very aggressive in putting in online events, um, the other difference is uh, Vancouver Street Battle is still, I, I would say, more of a community focused initiative. So they're amazing here in Vancouver, and they do a great job here. I mean, I don't think anyone can touch them from a community perspective. Whereas EMG is more international. They're set mm-hmm. up to put on events for three or 4,000 people and do them in big cities. And so it's a different breed of partnership. Um, you know, Vancouver Street Battle is still going to be, you know, the person that we say, okay, we want to do a weekly here at, at TGS or a monthly here at TGS. Cool. But like when we talk about like big, big moves, like um, that's where Joe and his team specialize. And so I think they're different in that capacity. Um, the other thing is, and again, to be completely transparent, like I've been chatting with, with the team at VSB on a very consistent basis and they still don't have a plan for return. 
And so as much as, you know, we're an investor in their company, they're still waiting out kind of what's going to happen over the next few months with the provincial health orders and what it means for uh, people getting together. And as a company, sit around and wait forever, right? What I'm trying to say is like, I couldn't tell you what BSB is going to do tomorrow because they're still planning it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetically, if in three months they were like, yeah, maybe we don't want to come back in the same capacity that we were in before. Well, we can't be sitting around waiting for that. So we've gone out and made the acquisition. Um, the team at VSB uh, knew that this was happening. So when we were going through the motions, I let them know that this acquisition was going to be taking place. And they assured me that there was no conflict of relationship with Kenny and the team there. So, um, you know, we're all kind of on the on the same page. That's good. Well, that yeah. might have answered a question I was planning on asking later, but let's let's get into VSB since I was going to talk about it later. The, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to ask you about what the plan was for when they might come back, but I, you definitely just answered it. Um, <laughs> do you get, I mean, they were, Kenny was thinking about shutting her down before COVID happened. What I get the sense from you, though, is that they plan on coming back, whether or not they have an actual return, comeback plan. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know the answer to that, Max. I don't know. Um, you know, I've had varying conversations. Uh, it's been a long year for a lot of people. Um, I think the big question that he has, and a lot of people have, is are people want to go back? Are people going to want to go back to locals? And if they do, in what capacity and how often? And so um, the sense that I get from them right now is they're definitely in wait and see mode. I get the sense that they do want to come back. Uh, I just don't know when and in what fashion. I don't know if they're going to do one once a week, once a month. Um, and I don't think they know either. And I don't think they're going to know until basically the provincial government says, yep, you can go back to the way things were before the pandemic. I think that's when we'll kind of know for real um, what VSB is looking to do. But outside of that, I don't know. And that's another reason why like, we, we looked at this acquisition seriously is, is we want to be able to provide that support in, in case – VSB decides not to do what they were doing before, which I don't think will happen. But if they do, again, we don't want to be stuck um, not having the ability to move forward. Before we get off EMG, the other thing I think this signals is something you and I have talked about many times in the past, the the general TGS desire to get into other markets and, 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 and branch out beyond the confines of the actual building in Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, this also strikes me as kind of a signal that that's still the plan, despite, you know, kind of everything having to have been paused for 16 months. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, if you look at some of the people we've hired recently, for example, um, you know, we just brought on a gentleman named Ty. He's our new social coordinator. He lives in Calgary. Um, um, a gentleman on our team named Kyle. He's on our events team. He lives in Ottawa. Joe from EMG lives in Toronto. And so um, by, by being a virtual company and providing virtual events, we're a lot, we, we've scaled our employees across the country. And why that's important is when we're dealing with a partner, let's say in Toronto, we now don't have to say, okay, we need to fly you know, a bunch of people out there. It's like, hey, Joe, we've got this partner and he wants to do ABC. Could you take mm-hmm. the lead on it and build it out there? And so it allows us the flexibility to have people across the country without having to build a stadium. Um, so it's definitely allowing us to kind of spread our wings a little bit more. The other thing about, about EMG um, is, is, again, they do a big – so they do an event in, in January, I mentioned before, called Let's Make Big Moves. It's in New York. And so um, 
I think at the end of this month, actually, Joe will be announcing the actual dates, but it's, it's going to be in person in January in, in downtown New York City. It's an amazing location. Um, and uh, he travels quite often to that region. Uh, Let's Bake Big Moves is, is the biggest smash event in the tri-state area. And so they get people from all over the eastern seaboard that go to that event. And so even for events now in the eastern United States, we've got someone there that can help activate on them. So it, it allows us to kind of grow our footprint with people as opposed to, you know, the operating uh, cost and the capital cost of, of building a facility. Let's change gears real quick before the break. Uh, just because I got kind of a one-off question. We're talking to Spiro Curry, CEO of the Gaming Stadium here on the Game Show on Sportsnet 650. In uh, in May, you guys had your what I think is your first Shadowverse tournament of all time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the, re- the reason it caught my eye was the big sponsored by Crunchyroll, which is a, it's a big sponsor. How did this tournament come together? Or I feel like, so- I'm gonna, can I guess? I feel like this was a Matt Lowe special. <laughs> it actually wasn't. Um, good guess. Okay. Um, so, 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 first of all, you know, we've worked with Crunchyroll on a couple events in the past, and we have a great relationship with them. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we actually did, um, or we're looking to do an event with them around a um, like an anime viewing party. It was the Anime Awards. And mm-hmm. we were going to actually sell tickets where people could come to TGS and watch the Anime Awards here. And then, you know, when the pandemic hit, obviously it changed everything. So we have a great relationship with the team there. The event itself was um, was proposed by um, Abi. Abi is a member of our events team. Um, he's a he's a super high level uh, Hearthstone player, um, and he plays other uh, other games that are similar. And Shadowverse is one of them. And so mm-hmm. he basically pitched an event because I guess the the way that the series works internationally, there was a gap. And all the major pro players were looking for something to do. And so he, he came up with the idea. You know, it was a 256-person cap, and it literally filled in a couple of days. We were way over. I think we had over 300 people sign up or close to 300 people sign up. So we had a, a wait list. Um, all of the, the biggest players in the world participated. Um, and it was a huge success, both from a participation perspective and a viewership perspective. Um, so that that was through, through Obby. Um, and actually, they're currently talking about doing another one in July. Um, you know, it's it's still a popular game among the community. For anyone that watched the stream, I think you'll notice right away there aren't a lot of people tuning in to watch Shadowverse on Twitch. Um, so, you know, the viewership was was good. It was in the triple digits, but it wasn't earth-shattering. Um, but, but for events like this, the community is important. And then, of course, you know, for Crunchyroll, it's an amazing parallel to what they're doing. And so it gives us the ability to work with our, our partners on a level that we couldn't really offer before just due to the nature of the game and the nature of, of Crunchyroll's offering. I feel like I don't see Crunchyroll on kind of that sponsorship role in, in as many anime games as I would expect now that you mention it. it. Maybe that's just me missing stuff. Do they, they should, I feel like they should be sponsoring every anime game that exists. Every, every weird fighting game that happens at Evo <laughs> should be, I, I don't know, I feel like, the reason this caught my eye was sponsored by Crunchyroll. And I was like, why don't they do this? Why is this not everywhere? Is it, it, I mean, if you've had some, go ahead. No, it's it's a great question. Um, I think, I think it's an area they want to get into. So, so this is a bigger conversation than just Crunchyroll. And and I think what Mm -hmm. it goes back to is, is, is there are so many brands out there, brands that we work with on a regular basis that want to break into this space, but just don't know how. And so it's easy to say like, oh yeah, I'd love to get involved, um, you know, in a Shadowverse tournament 
um, you know, at wherever next year, but it's, it's not as easy. And typically it's, it's a budget issue, right? Like whether or not they have the budget to get involved with something like that. So for me, um, when, when, when we approach them with this opportunity for them, it was a no brainer. It was like pretty much right away, um, that they wanted to do it. So I think what's happening is brands like this are looking to get into the space a little bit more, but I think they're cautiously looking. They're trying to find the right fit that fits the budget that makes sense. And for Crunchyroll can hopefully drive people to subscribe to their platform. Um, I think, I think those are the things that they're looking for. Um, could it be more? I think so. Like, I don't see why they shouldn't be involved in more. I think it's more about like, is there an opportunity that makes sense to them that's going to help them budget? And so it depends on, on the tournament. When you're talking about an Evo, for example, and I don't know this for a fact, but if you're going to sponsor some of the anime fighting games at Evo, like the cost could be extremely expensive. I don't know. And maybe that's mm-hmm. a prohibiting factor, right? Um, but we're seeing it more and more, especially over the past, you know, 14 months, um, you know, during the pandemic where gaming has taken off. You know, we're seeing more and more brands get involved and admitting that, hey, we have no idea how to get into this space and we would like some help. And so I think it's just a matter of time. You're listening to The Game Show presented by The Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. I'm your host, Max Sussman. After the break, more with Spiro Curry, CEO at The Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. Stadium, Canada's first esports arena and Canada's leader in online esports tournaments. The only place to play in local tournaments for whatever game you're great at. Online tournaments all week long with all your favorite games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Valorant, TFT, Rocket League, and more. At Canada's leader in esports, visit thegamingstadium.com for more information. Welcome back to The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome back to The Game Show, presented by The Gaming Stadium. I'm your host, Max Sussman. Let's hop right back into my chat with Spiro Curry on Sportsnet 650. All right, we, we've sort of teased it, the idea of, like, you know, reopening and uh, what what plans might be. And with more British Columbians every day getting vaccinated, myself included, we're starting to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel here. I can feel an energy in the air in, in Vancouver mm-hmm. where people are where there's people are like, oh, yeah, it's about, we're about to be able to get back to normal. Are you, as a company, starting to gear up already? 100%. So... Um, basically last week when, um, you know, Dr. Bonnie Henry and the provincial government announced the new four step restart plan, um, you know, they said September 7th is the earliest where we would go to what they're calling the post pandemic world, right? Where, you know, masks are still preferred, but optional, you know, social gatherings can go back to the way they were before. Um, and, and over the past couple of days, you know, we've seen the numbers under 200, we've seen vaccination rates go over 70%. And so it's really exciting. So yes, uh, when we saw that news, 
uh, as a team, we got together and we started to make plans. We're actually meeting um, next week to develop a little further, but we're currently looking at October. Um, so we will have a restart in October. I'm going to call it a soft restart. And a soft restart means we'll probably do two to three events a month just to see mm-hmm. how it kind of goes and then build uh, from there. I don't think, and I think I mentioned this to you before, I don't think we're ever going to go back to having like, you know, seven days a week. I don't think we'll have like a Rocket League weekly every Wednesday. I think we may do like a Rocket League monthly, for example, mm-hmm. to try to drive more people on a more condensed schedule. Um, uh, but yes, right now the plan is to have live events back in our stadium in October. Do you have any particular uh, plans for when you for when you reopen? I know you're a, I know you're a big ideas guy. I'm sure you've had some like. <laughs> Some grand plans come through your head? Yeah, I mean, so so for me, um, I look back to when we first opened and, you know, the amount of people that came through. And it was a lot of fun and it gave us a lot of exposure to the local community. And so I think for us, you know, we, we definitely, um, you know, want to do something a little bit on the bigger side. So, uh, you know, working with our partners specifically, you know, people like SFU and UBC and the high schools that we work with, but to really kick it off in a more of a, of a showcase manner, um, you know, we'll have been closed in October for a year and a half. And so the people who came here on a regular basis wouldn't have been here for a very long time. And people who have never been here before are gonna experience it for the first time. There's been a lot Mm -hmm. of changes here in terms of the layout of the building, of how it's gonna be presented when people come back. It's gonna be totally different. We're gonna make better use of the space, but also have people all in one area and, and, and make it more of like a show feel. So less of like isolation of, oh, you're playing in a tournament here, but the stage is out here have it all in one contained area. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely have some some bigger things on, on the showcase side when we kick it off. Um, but you know, what that looks like right now, I don't know, like I said, we're, we're literally June 7th. Um, it's in our calendar for uh, a few of us on the executive and, and management event team to get together and start to plan out what that looks like. But I think anyone who knows us, I mean, look at look at this month. Like this month is our two. Like we opened two years ago, right? Like in twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. June twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. So this month, instead of doing like an anniversary day, we're doing an anniversary month, and we're giving out over seventy five hundred dollars in cash this month. And we have like a ton of tournaments scheduled. So we don't like to do things small. When we have a celebration, we like to do it on the larger scale. And so yeah, it will definitely be more of um, a show welcome and a showcase welcome, as opposed to just like. Hey, we're back. Come play in League of Legends on Thursday. Like it won't be that. It'll be a lot bigger than that. I just don't have like, you know, specific details yet. We gotta get a uh, we gotta get a um, like a boxing match esque card of show matches. I think. Yeah, I mean, as as, a, as an attendee of the of the original grand opening, the best part, in my opinion, was the SFU UBC show match. I feel like exactly. we should have. Five or six of those, you know, give us a big D Captain L show match, maybe a money match if they're into it. Dude, Jay Wong um, lives in Vancouver now, so exactly. we can do some really get, cool stuff on the Street Fighter side. Uh, you're a hundred percent right. Yeah, like you, I mean, you get there's a number of people in Vancouver now who have beaten Justin, so we could do you could do some grudge matches. You could do a serial oh, yeah. blast grudge match. You could do a Mortzi grudge match. Yeah, um, Mortzi actually just had a really good showing at the. Um, uh, the Capcom, which one was it? Was it the West playoffs? I think yeah, he finished I think so. like he finished top eight. He was top eight. Um, he had a really good showing. Oh uh, yeah, I, absolutely. And even on League of Legends side, um, you know, on the Counter Strike side, there's a lot of amazing talent. You know, here. Uh, uh, 
event with Ocean who participated and it went to whatever it was. <laughs> it ended up going like 65 games or something like that, quadruple overtime or whatever, like, you know, third longest match in CSGO history. Um, you know, we could do that as a grudge match. There's a lot of possibilities. And I think you're right. The showcases are always well-received, which is why I think we'll do something along those lines. But I, you're, it's a phenomenal idea and I couldn't agree more. You can market it like a boxing match. Make old-timey looking posters. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking to Spiro Curry, CEO from the Gaming Stadium here on the, the game show on Sportsnet 650. I am starting to feel a little bit out of it, I've realized, as we're taping. I keep forgetting the name of my own radio show. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel like you've probably been expecting me to ask this the whole time. What, what needs to happen for us to have a pinnacle in 2021? Uh, a lot. Um, so, um, so, so it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because um, in my conversations with Joe uh, of either Matchup Gaming, um, I, I've run the idea by him of doing an event in December this year. So obviously, nothing confirmed until we we, we kind of nail it down. But we we have had discussions around doing a big live event um, towards the end of the year. Uh, so we're still kind of continuing. Obviously, he's in Ontario, and the situation there is much different than in BC. Also, the situation across Canada is much different. And as you know, for those events, a lot of people want to fly in for them. And so, um, you know, it, it's going to be touch and go. We do need time to, you know, set that up. And so it's hard to say whether or not we'll have the appropriate amount of time. And if we can't, then I would definitely look at, you know, maybe like um, first quarter of, of 2022. Um, but we definitely want to do something. December has kind of been what we've been chatting about. But there's a lot that has to happen between now and then. Um, the benefit of doing it that soon is, and this is selfish, um, is we'll probably be able to get venues for a really good deal um, and hotel rooms for a really good deal. Um, so I think it's, 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 it's from a revenue perspective, it's, it's a good time. Um, but it's all about scale. So like, I don't know if pinnacle scale would work, but like Bash Fest, which had 450 people, that scale mm -hmm. might work. Where it's for people right. in British Columbia who have got their second vaccine, who are comfortable you know, traveling, cool. But if by you know November all of Canada has opened up and the situation is great, then maybe people can can kind of fly in from other places. Uh, so scale, I don't know. Uh, Pinnacle is definitely on the agenda for 2022. Uh, we'd like to do something this year at the end of the year if possible. But it's gonna again, there are a lot of percentage, literally 50 50 right now. If if you wanted to know how much I want to do it, 100 percent. Like I want to do it tomorrow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just, there's so many factors outside of our control. I just, I hadn't thought about it for a while. And then I was talking to Lumia the other day and I was like, oh yeah, the pinnacles, pinnacles were great. Um, speaking yeah, of, they're super fun, man. Yeah, I know. And I mean, it's just one of those like local live, I, I can live without going, you know, going out to weeklies on a Wednesday night after work, but the pinnacles, it, it was, it was just like a little vacation. A little, a little, a little, a little oasis. I didn't have to play. I just had to get to hang out and like just be a fan. Yeah. It was great. Um, speaking of speaking of fun events, this one ongoing rather than on hiatus. The Calrissian Cup Summer Minors coming up June twelfth. We've been sort of checking in throughout the progress of this because it is a baby, baby esport. This Star Wars Squadrons, mm -hmm. the Cal mm -hmm. the Cal Cup, the first like kind of real event that's not purely community driven. 
Um, and I, I've just enjoyed checking in with you and, and Chase Mitchell from Crimson Wings over the course of time. Mm-hmm. So consider this your like, you know, summer check-in on the Cal Cup. How's it been going from the TGS perspective? Yeah, it's great. I mean, the community is, is hardcore. So the one thing that we've noticed over time is registration has definitely uh, gone down. And I think there's a, a very good reason for that is like the top two or three teams are phenomenal. And so mm-hmm. everyone who still wants to play can still play. But if you're like new to the game or you're part of a newer squad or squadron, um, you're, you're in tough, right? Like the top, the top tier of this game it's really hard to beat them. And so um, we have seen, you know, the, the original, like the first one we did sold out in like a day and we had a bunch of teams on the wait list. Now we're still getting really good. Like we're getting over 50 teams still playing in it. So it's still super healthy, but um, the registration definitely isn't like it was at the beginning, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and so, yeah, so, so we're still happy with it. It's been super successful. Um, you know, we are talking about, what what season two could potentially look like um you know ea um specifically the folks that are working on this game have taken notice and um are really into you know what we're doing around this title and how we're bringing it to the community in a a different and unique way because again when we have cal cup if you go to the squadrons page on twitch literally everyone who's streaming is playing in that tournament and so it, it like takes over the community for that weekend. So um, we're committed to it long-term um, as long as the developer is committed to continuing to support the game. Um, and yeah, so far so good. We've got a few months left before, you know, the big grand finale, um, which is on the, you know, the one year anniversary of the game coming out. And um, yeah, it's, it's so far so good. What do you think of that? Like viewing format of being able to watch There's a stream, you know, a centralized stream, but then there's also like, you can just jump around to any player POV you want on their stream. As a broadcaster, I'm thinking you want to concentrate as many of those eyeballs on your channel as possible. But from a viewership perspective, it's a super interesting way to watch a competition. I love it. And actually, I love it so much. So, like, when we were doing Cal Cup originally, um, we were only streaming day two, the playoffs, right? And day one, we were letting the – not only letting, like, the community were streaming, but we were actually creating, like, social media posts around the people. And I remember the first tournament, there were 48 streaming. And there was a Reddit post made, and it had a link of all of the people, and it was phenomenal to see. And so we we love it. And actually what we're looking to do, and I think we're going to try it for the next one, is on the Saturday have more of a desk show where we have hosts that are hosting, but instead of streaming it from a general TGS observer perspective, we'll actually just feature different pilots. And so like, if you're streaming and you wanna be a part of that, TGS will have a stream running, a hosted desk, us controlling the, the, um, the visuals and the narrative, will actually just say, oh, okay, you know, Max's team is in a big fight here. Let's go to Max's uh, perspective and watch him. And then basically just restream your stream to like a community, but in parts. And that also gives great exposure to the streamers as well, because they're now a part of like the bigger show. Um, I that's, love it. That's I, actually, the, I love that. That's the court surfing model right there. I don't remember if you remember exactly that from your right. score back in the day. Yeah. Yep. That was my favorite show. <laughs> I love I love court. That's such a great model. They used to MLB Tonight was like that on ESPN back in the day as well. They, yep. oh, Barry Bonds is up. Cut in, cut in for his one at bat. We're talking to Spiro yeah, exactly, Perry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love that format. We're talking to Spiro Curry, CEO of the Gaming Stadium here on the Game Show on Sportsnet 650. You got a whole anniversary month planned, as you said, coming up. Is there anything special about the anniversary events? Is the is or is the anniversary Rocket League 2v2 just like a regular Rocket League tournament, for example? Yeah, regular tournaments, except this month is much busier, so we're putting on more. 
um, and then the pricing. So like we're, we're investing. You know, typically, you know, on a month, if we're doing events, we're maybe doing like, you know, six or eight events as, as the gaming stadium, you know, on a monthly basis right now, Max, we're doing somewhere between 20 and 30 events a month because we're doing a lot of white label stuff and partnership stuff mm -hmm. like Star Wars Squadrons, like WCBC and, and some other ones, you know, two and a half weeks ago, we did the Red Bull um, uh, Campus Clutch, which was their Canadian national Valorant uh, collegiate finals. So we, we produced that whole event um, on the finals day and that was actually streamed on our channel. So we're, we're super busy, but from a gaming stadium perspective, we're typically doing around, let's just call it eight events a month. This month, I think it's double that. And so we're really trying to run every game. We're trying to, to, to get in touch with every community and we're investing more money into the prizing to really thank everybody for being a part of it. So, you know, we've got a Fortnite event, we've got Call of Duty, we've got Rocket League, we've got League of, like we've got all of these things um, because we don't run them as often anymore just because there are so many out there and we don't want we don't want game fatigue or community fatigue but this month is really special for us and so uh, nothing special in the way of the tournament format it's more in that we're doing more and investing more into them before we get out of here though we got about 10 minutes left because it's your two-year anniversary i made a special top five just for you you can look back at the last two years of your life uh, and do it and do it on my show. Um, so in the past two years, I want you to give me the top five things you are most proud of having pulled off with the gaming stadium. Sure. So, so, so number one is, um, uh, it's easy. It's the conversion um, due to the pandemic. So it, it's how we were able to adapt um, and so quickly, um, you know, be flexible to keep this business running. Because if we didn't do that, I don't know if TGS would be here today. So, so that's number one. Number two is the fact that we went public and we raised money twice in this environment. So we went public back in August. We did strategic financing back in February. And so not only were we able to grow the business, but we were able to get investment during one of the toughest periods in history for doing that. Um, so that, that's number two. Uh, number three is, is the culture. Um, I'm so proud of our team because in an environment like this, when everybody's working from home and connecting virtually, it's so easy to be disconnected and it's so easy to not feel like you're a part of something. But our team um, has really taken that to another level and has stayed connected. Just the other day, we did a team uh, gaming night. We played Gardic Phone, uh, which is a, a super fun um, game. And like, those are the kind of things that keep us, you know, kind of, of humming along. I actually think... Uh, it's so funny. Our team is closer than they've ever been, and half of them have never met the other half in person. So um, it's a pretty interesting uh, dynamic. Um, yeah, so, so those are the, the, the top three. Um, number four is just the growth. So we've grown from 13 employees to 31. Um, you know, we've really been aggressive in, in growing, and that's through different acquisitions and partnerships. Uh, but we've grown the team, and while we've grown the team, we've still been able to stabilize, you know, kind of what we're doing on a daily basis and have those processes flushed out. And then the last thing, um, and this is one that's, that's, that's big for us, is I'm really proud of the acquisitions that we've made. So Pepper is an amazing company. Volcanic is an amazing company. Obviously, EMG is going to be coming on board imminently. Um, I'm really proud that we've looked uh, as a company and as a board of directors and as a group of executives, we've looked at the landscape of what's out there and we said, okay, this is how we can be different. But in order to do that, we have to be hyper aggressive and we have to be hyper focused in what we're going to do. And we've gone out and we've accomplished that you know, month over month. We're having a company barbecue when, when you guys reopen, right? 100%. Out, oh, hell yeah. Out in that parking lot. Uh, you that got it. Just like the last one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was Can great. Can I tell you that barbecue? So, okay. So, uh, 
you're referencing our opening day, which it was, yeah. it was a June 28th. And we, 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 um, we, we opened at, I think it was 5 PM or something like that. That barbecue was thrown together like an hour before. So, so Carolina, who's on our board of directors, she represents Lipon, who's our largest shareholder, our initial investor, you know, the, the people who bought our dream, like if it wasn't for them, we don't exist. Right. Like they're the ones mm-hmm. who funded us from the beginning and we're in their building. And about an hour before this thing set to start, she's like, do you know how many people are coming? And we're like, oh, we think about five or 600. She's like, are you going to feed them? And we're like, what do you mean? She's like, it's five o'clock. Like, it's six o'clock. Are you going to feed them? And I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. Right? Like, we didn't think about that. We had booze, but we didn't think about the food. And she was like, okay. So she got her team at Lipon to run to Costco, buy everything that you saw there, chips, hot dogs, whatever it was. And they had two barbecues here at the, at the facility and they fired them up and they were cooking honestly, dude, within like 30 minutes. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And that's the type of partner they are is they always think of themselves second and they think about how TGS can be better. And that is a perfect example of them saying, and they didn't, it wasn't even about the money. They weren't like, Oh yeah, you know, here's the receipt, pay us for it. No, 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 no. It was like, we got it. And they just went and, did, and their team, Lipon staff, stayed after hours that night and did all of the cooking. And that was like unbelievable. And the food was amazing. Um, but that was thrown together like literally in minutes. And um, I was, I, if I had hair, I would have been pulling it out because I was being pulled in a million different directions that day. Um, but, but that in particular was like super impressive. And I'm glad you remember that because like that was the thing that was thrown together last. And it's probably the most memorable part of that day aside from the show match was the amazing hot dogs that they cooked up. That's one of those things you, I mean, I guess you didn't learn it the hard way. It's one of those things in event planning. You sometimes have to learn the hard way is that you, if you have enough people, you have, you just have to feed them. Yeah. 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 But beyond company success, Spiro Curry, what is your favorite personal success in the last two years? When I took on the role as CEO of this company, I had a long conversation with my wife before I did it because we, we have a three-year-old and he was one at the time. Um, obviously, you know, plans for a bigger family. My uncle was the CEO of a company in, in Dubai for a very long time up until recently. Um, and I had, I had conversations with him about the expectation and it was pretty clear. Expect to work all day and not get a lot of sleep. Um, the first year uh, was extremely stressful. Uh, not a lot of sleep, you know, doing all the work building a team, building process, it was a lot. Um, any startup uh, you know, co-founder will tell you that that's the case. Over the mm. past year, the thing, or the past two years, the thing that's really been good for me is, is um, I've been able to manage my time better. And so um, I'm able to disconnect um, when appropriate. I'm able to focus more on my family. Um, and the biggest thing that I've learned over the past year especially is um, how important it is to reflect. And so previous, I was so caught up in the day-to-day of not only working, but family life. I never took the time to sit down and say like, okay, what has been accomplished personally and professionally over X amount of time? And so what I do now is, is I make a point on a pretty regular basis to reflect. So when you ask me the question of, you know, what are the five things that you're the most proudest of over the last you know, two years or last year, it's easy to answer because I ask myself those questions very regularly. And so, um, you know, if you ask, you know, want to know, like for me personally, um, it's, it's time management, um, which again is, is, is one of the most undervalued yet most important things I can tell to anybody. Um, and then also, uh, reflection. I have one-on-ones with our executive team and our management team. And I always say the same thing at the end of every meeting. Have you reflected on anything recently? And if you haven't take some time to do that, cause you'll see how much you've accomplished. Like, dude, and I'm sorry to go on for a long time here, but like, 
look at how much TGS has accomplished in the past 12 months and 18 months and 24 months. Like it's insane how much we've accomplished and no one sits down and says, holy cow, that's insane. Like no one sits down and does that. But when you actually do it, it's, 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 a, it's a tremendous exercise. It's really self-fulfilling, but more importantly, it lends credence to the things that you do in the nitty gritty on a daily basis. Um, and that to me is extremely important. Um, before we get out of here though, Spiro, before, uh, I want to give you a chance to promote anything you feel like promoting. We talked about the, uh, the anniversary month, but if there's an event you want to pinpoint or just your personal socials, now's the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I never, um, unless, uh, you know, prompted promote, promote myself. Um, the company is, 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 you know, is, is what I do. And so, um, I would just implore everyone, if you're looking to participate in, in a tournament or an event for any game, um, you know, check us out the gaming gaming stadium, CS on Twitter. Uh, if you go to our, our Twitter page, there are links there, uh, to join our discord, which is probably the best place to go to get the information that you need. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like we're coming up on two years here, um, and and the community is has been so supportive of us. And when we put on these events and we we give these cash prizes, it's 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 not only how we operate our business, but we do everything for the community. Like if we didn't care, we wouldn't make these events free. Like every tournament that we run is free to enter, right? And so for anyone that's out there that's looking to play in a tournament, regardless of skill level, regardless of of knowledge of the game, the only investment that you have to make is time. And right now, I think people have a lot of time on their hands and they're getting probably sick of, you know, watching Netflix and whatever else is, is, is out there. So um, I would just implore people to, to check us out on, online, check out our Twitter um, and, you know, register for events and, and tune in to watch them on Twitch if you're not playing. And if you could support us that way, we'd be forever grateful. That seems like a perfect place to end it. Spiro Curry, CEO of the Gaming <laughs> Stadium. Thank you so much for joining me here again on The Game Show. Appreciate it as always, Max, and um, watch out for screaming babies. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks to Spiro for joining me. Thanks to the Gaming Stadium, and happy anniversary to the Gaming Stadium, but thanks to the Gaming Stadium for sponsoring the show. As always, head to thegamingstadium.com for all the events and information you'll ever need to know about them, including the 8,500 different events they have going on for anniversary month this June. I'm exaggerating only slightly. Thanks to Jay for recording the show. I'm your host, Max Sussman. You can find me on Twitter at TrulyAtTheMax and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Thank you for listening. And until next time, whatever you do, don't tilt.